Okay. Before we continue the mimer, I just want to review one thought that I thought was unbelievable that we mentioned last time. It says in the mimer, just like the world cannot exist without directions, so too can the world not exist without the Jewish people. And we learned yesterday that, uh, Friday, that the, um, the word world means concealment. And the purpose of the concealment is for us to do something about it. And what causes the concealment is the, is the ruches. Ruches doesn't just mean the directions. It means limitation in creation, that there's a north, there's a south, there's a east, there's a west. The world exists with space. So spiritually, the, the idea of the directions is the idea of limitation. Why is there concealment of godliness in the world? Because there's limitation. And uh, we were learning about how, in ourselves as well, that what, what, there may be some very deep feelings we have that we express on certain occasions. And what causes there to be darkness in the world is us limiting ourselves and only feeling those special feelings at special times. I don't, know, I don't remember who this was with. I just read this recently. A, someone asked one of the tzaddikim, what's the difference between you and I? And the tzaddik responded, when you, f- when you feel on Yom Kippur and Eilah, I feel all the time. So the only concept of concealment is because of limitation. That's where concealment begins, because we limit ourselves and we stop trying to turn on that feeling the rest of the year. But the reason why God made that limitation is in order that for us to uh, do the opposite and to reveal Hashem's truth in the place of limitation. That's why He gave us the Torah. By studying Torah and the Torah guiding us specifically in regards to what we do in our mundane parts of our life, that's how we extract all the godly sparks in the world. And that's how we reverse the concealment of of godliness in the world. And so that's why Torah is called inheritance, because Torah empowers us to inherit and to draw the godly sparks from the world of chaos to the world of perfection, the world of Atzilus. And that's why we emphasize it's called inheritance, because in Halacha, when you inherit something, you have the same status regarding all your debts and all your obligations as the one who passed away. So in a similar way, the sparks of Tehu remain the sparks of Tehu, the sparks of chaos with all their infinite energy, and our inheriting them allows us to transfer their infinite energy to the world of Atsilus, to take the infinite lights and to bring them into the finite vessels. Okay, so that's how Torah is called inheritance. Now we're going to discuss the third element of Torah, how Torah is called a gift. The third level in Torah is the idea of a gift. The source of a gift is from a very lofty place. Just like physically, you can't earn a gift. If you earn the gift, that means that the gift is commensurate to what you did, and that's called payment. So too spiritually, the divine source of what Hashem gives us in the Torah, in the gift model, is something that we cannot possibly reach with our efforts. It's only that when we learn Torah, and we may exert ourselves in Torah, and we draw down whatever we can with our efforts, then God gives us 
a gift which is some, from some, a place where we cannot possibly reach with our efforts. That's the idea of a gift. So our sages say on the Pasuk, the dew of light is your dew. Tal is talacha. Gemara says, anyone who uses the light of Torah, the light of Torah will animate them. And the Yalkut, his, his text in that same passage is, the dew of Torah gives you, li- gives you life. The Talmud's version is, the light of Torah gives you life. And the Yalkut's version is, the dew of Torah gives you life. What is the light of Torah? The light of Torah is the light that shines in the world in the first seven days of creation. That's the reason, by the way, that Sadiqan could see from one end of the world to the other because they could see the light of Hashem in Torah. Just like when Adam was born, Adam could see from one end of the world to the other because of the light that shined at that time. So Tzadikim, they could see that light because Hashem hid that light in Torah. Anyway, so it says about that light that Hashem made during the seven days of creation, God saw that it was good and God then hid that light in Torah. So the Talmud says that the light of Torah or the dew of Torah called the, the dew that drips from Attic. It drips from the uh, three highest parts of Attic. Just like there are ten spheres in the world of Atsilus, so too in the realm of Attic, which Attic is part of Hashem's crown, it's, it's transcendent and above the world of Atsilus. So the highest and deepest parts of Attic, the three highest parts of Attic, that's where the dew of Torah comes from. Okay, so the light of Torah is a light that shined during the seven days of creation. And that explains what, what, what the verse says. It says in the Pasuk, if you will ask about what happened in the first days, you're going to wonder what happened in the first days of creation. And the Gemara explains <coughs> that there are Days that you're asking about from a long time ago, from the first days. And the Rebbe explains that there are some days that are days we can't ask a question about. And then there are days that you could ask a question about. So the seven days of creation, they are from the seven lower levels of Atik. That's a place where questions can be asked. That's a place where our efforts can reach. We could ask a question can we receive them? Can we not receive them? Did, did we earn them? Do we not earn them? That's the light of the seven days of creation. The dew of Torah is connected to beyond the seven days of creation, the three highest parts, parts of Atik, where our efforts cannot reach and we can't ask a question about them. The light of Torah is from the seven lower levels of Atik where a question could be asked. And that's what the Gemara means. Anyone who uses the light of Torah will be animated by Torah or according to the Yalkut. That the dew of Torah will animate you. That means when you use the Torah, what that means is when you make an effort to study Torah. Until you reach the light of Torah, the light that shines in the seven days of creation, then the dew of Torah will animate you. If you work with the light of Torah, meaning... You're connecting with the lower parts of Torah, the way the Torah shined in the seven days of creation. Then Hashem will give you not just what you made an effort for, but Hashem will also give you a gift 
of the three higher levels of Torah, the three highest parts of Atik, the do of Torah. And this answer, as we asked before, it says that God is involved in studying Torah the first three hours of the day. We asked, why the three, first three hours of the day? Whenever a person is studying Torah throughout the world, all the time, God's studying Torah with that person. So what do we mean when, he, when, when we say that it's only for three hours? And the answer is, the first three hours of the day refer to the three highest parts of Atik. And that's why the Gemara says that God sits and studies Torah. Why does it say he sits and studies Torah? Just like when a person sits down, they lower their stature, they lower themselves in order to sit down. So too, when we talk about God sitting down and studying Torah, that means that God is causing his infinite light to descend to the wisdom of Torah. And that's why it's not a question. Yes, it's true. Whenever you study Torah, God studies Torah with you. And God is always studying Torah, that means. Because in the whole world, one person is studying Torah in one place, in one time. Another person is studying Torah another time. And God's always studying Torah with everyone. But when it says in the Gemara that God always studies with you, that's referring to how God shines the light of Torah in that person. That when you study Torah, you have to feel the light of Torah. That means the light of Torah has to affect you in all areas of your life. The light of Torah has to illuminate your life. As we learned earlier, the world is called a place of darkness. And Torah is the candle that gives light to the darkness of the world. So when you understand the Torah, just like when you understand the Torah, by making effort, you're able to understand it well. For example, when you learn halacha, and you say, Abayah says this, and Rav says this, and even if you know what the halacha is, that's not called knowing it yet. The no, if you know Abayah says this and Rav says this, and you know what the halacha is, halacha goes like Abayah, that Rav says that's not called knowing Torah. Knowing Torah means you understand the reason for each opinion. So, so just like it's true regarding the study of Torah, the effort in studying Torah, that you have to know the reason of each opinion, so too regarding the main element in Torah. The main element in Torah is not the knowledge in Torah. The main element in Torah is the light of Torah. So in order for the light of Torah to shine into you, the, the, this is only accomplished by Hashem sitting and studying Torah for the first three hours of the day. That empowers Hashem to study Torah with you the rest of the day. What that means is, there are, two, there are different levels in Torah study. There, as the Gemara says, that you can't compare one person studying Torah, or two people studying Torah, or ten people studying Torah. That when 10 people study Torah, it says the Shekhinah is with them. They have this aura, this or makif, this transcendent light of Torah there. So it comes out that there are three different levels in Torah study. There's a Torah study that we call the payment, where we make an effort to study Torah. Then there is how Torah study allows us to inherit the sparks of Tayu. As we said, that Yaakov was called the man who sits in tents. He studies Torah in the morning, he studies Torah in the evening, and because of that he inherits Esav, he inherits the sparks of, of Tayu. He's able to draw those sparks out of that, out of Esav. All Jews have to do that. All Jews have to have a set time to study Torah, at least a little bit, a little in the morning, a little at night, just like Yaakov did. And by doing that, you're able to empower the rest of the day to draw the sparks out. And then there's a third element of Torah, and that is the do of Torah that God gives as a gift. And although it's a gift that God gives... Nevertheless, you only give a gift 
to someone who caused you pleasure. Yes, it's not, you don't, the gift is not commensurate to the person's efforts, but a gift is only given uh, to someone who deserves it. So, like, you wouldn't give, you wouldn't reward your own child for doing the same thing that someone else did. Because your gift is not about the, only the act the person has done, but it's because they cause you pleasure because of your connection with them. So, when I, we talk about Hashem giving us a gift, the gift of Torah, it's something Hashem gives we, that we can't possibly earn. But yeah, we have to do something first in order to be uh, someone that Hashem should want to give a gift to. And that's why Torah is called something that heals the world. The Torah heals the concealment of godliness in the world. So, in short, what do we say, what do we say now? And I think I'm getting Zev nervous because I'm going too fast. There is a concept that Hashem studies Torah with us whenever, whenever we learn Torah. And that means that Hashem shines into us whenever we study Torah. And that light we have to feel. And that light is supposed to illuminate everything that goes on in our life. But in order for that light to, to, um, to be there, it starts with Hashem this bringing down His light in the first three levels of Attic. That empowers that connection with Hashem whenever we study Torah. There's first a gift of Torah, to bring the Torah down to the first three levels of Attic. And now, once Hashem has given that gift, we're able to draw that down whenever we study Torah. But we will only be given that gift and of the first three levels of Attic when we are deser- when we're not deserving of that gift, because it's a gift, a gift you can't deserve, but somewhat deserving of that gift. Then Hashem gives us not only commensurate to our efforts, the light of Torah, but Hashem also gives us the three higher levels of Attic. So it's, it's sort of like two stages in both directions. First, the light of Hashem has to descend to three levels of Attic in order for there to be this, this um, exchange whenever we study Torah for Hashem to respond to us. And conversely, only when we first are involved in Torah and working in Torah will Hashem give us this, this higher light that is beyond our efforts. So, getting back to the verse that the Mimer is based on. It says in the Pasuk, if a spirit of leadership comes upon you, the Targum Yonason says, who is this leader? Who is this master? This is the Yetzirah. So this world is a place of darkness. And especially time of the exile, there are many obstacles to study Torah and to serve God with your heart. So in this place, if the vile one attacks you, that in this dark world you meet and you're attacked by the Yetzirah, there's a time, as the Torah says, when one man is ruling over the other man, when the Yetzirah is ruling over your neshama. So there's a set time for each soul when it goes, when it goes into a body. That's the time when it's possible. For the other man, the, the, the abominable man, the Yitzhahara, the place of Klippa, to rule over the Neshama, to rule over the holy man, although eventually, as the, the verse fully reads, time when one man rules over the other man, and that's bad for him. What that verse means, that the Yitzhahara, one man, rules over the man of holiness, it happens, there's a time when the soul descends, that could happen, but it's bad for him, it's bad for the Sahara because eventually the sparks that the Sahara has uh, drawn into itself gets returned to holiness. Just like it says that Yaakov blessed Pare. When Yaakov blessed Pare, 
his blessing was that by him enslaving the Jewish people, he, they will be able to one day leave Egypt and get all the sparks back. As the Torah says that when they left Egypt, they took all of the sparks out of Egypt like a silo without grain, like a fish pond without fish. That's why it says the Erev Rav left them. The Erev Rav, the word Rav is numerically equivalent to 202 because out of the 288 sparks that are scattered throughout the world, 202 were elevated when the Jewish people left Egypt. So, there is, so eventually, the Yitzhahara, whatever it accomplishes, it, it's, it's, it's going to be returned to holiness. But there's a time when the Yitzhahara can control you. So what should you, as the Gemara says, that every single day the Yitzhahara makes an effort to control you. So what should you do? Says the Gemara, bring the Yitzhahara to the place of learning. Bring him to the good place, the place of Torah, to the place of the godly soul. The place that you used to be doing. The place they used to be going to. What does that mean, the place you used to be going to? It sounds like we're talking about someone who studied Torah before they stopped. The Rebbe says we're talking about the Neshama. The Neshama comes to the world. And all of a sudden encounters this lousy Eight Sahara. So the, the Torah says, don't leave your place. Which place? The place you were in before you came to the world. Before you came to the world, what were you doing? You're learning Torah. Don't leave that place. Because the Torah is called the healing to the world. And by l- learning Torah you will be able to leave those sins on the side. It's possible that if you would know, says the Rebbe, that the Torah says many, that these things are forbidden, you would stop yourself from doing them. And therefore, by studying Torah, you're able to stop yourself from doing great, great, great mistakes. And therefore, the Torah gives light to a person and separates us from all nations. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. If the spirit of the Yitzhahara uh, tries to attack you, what should you do? You should learn Torah. That's how the Targum Yenison translates. Now let's go back to the way the Medish translates it. The Medish says, when Hashem gives you rulership, Hashem gives you a position of leadership, you should not leave your place of humility. Because through humility and through studying Torah, you'll be able to overcome your animal soul and fulfill God's intent in creating man to give light to the world through, Torah, through the light of Torah and its commandments. That's the conclusion of this discourse. It's a great thing to, uh, Baruch Hashem, to conclude it, but it's even greater thing to review it and to bring it home. So in short, what we did today is we learned how, why the Gemara says that Hashem studies Torah the first three hours of the day, even though Hashem is always studying Torah. And we learned that this is referring to the first three lights of the realm of Atik, and that's the dew of Torah. Then we learned there's also the light of Torah, the light of the seven days of creation, and when you use the light of Torah, which means you make an effort in Torah, not only do you merit to have the seven, the light of the seven days of creation, but Hashem also gives you a gift of the first three higher lights of Atik. And the goal is that the light of Torah should, we should feel it all day and it should affect us. That's, that's the goal. And that's what the Gemara said, the, the Pasuk says that the spirit of the Yitzhar attacks you, what should you do? Don't leave your place. Don't leave what you used to do before coming to the world. Just like before coming to the world. You're learning Torah. Keep on studying Torah. That will, that will empower you to overcome the Yitzhahara. And that is also, when you get a spirit of leadership, when you get a, 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 a position to lead other people, doesn't matter if you're a, a, a father or a mother or whatever it is, you're given a position of leadership. How are you able to do your mission? You have to have, you can't leave your place, leave the place of humility that you had before you got this great position. And through the light of Torah and through this humility, you have to fulfill your purpose 
and overcome the animal soul and illuminate the world. Okay, we'll stop here. Hazaka Baruch, this is uh, a great, a good avach.